0: I talked to seven thousand people this year. I got one hundred and forty-two to say yes. We get about twenty-seven thousand five hundred fifty days on planet Earth. That's the average. That's about seventy-five years in the industrialized world. Women have a tendency a little bit more than men. I'm forty-two, so I've used over half. Whatever's left, I'm going to sleep through a third of it. If I'm going to spend some of my time, I want to make sure that I'm stacking it on top of an activity that compounds and is leveraged. Because 90%, hear me, 90% of everybody who owns a home right now and has a mortgage, has a mortgage that's less than 6%. What we do does not change. How much of it we do and how we do it is what changes based on market dynamics. 80% of the people who get a license are doing something else within a year. It's Your job as a salesperson is to be in the presence of prospects. If you know how to sell, you will be disproportionately rewarded for your efforts. Like you can literally make millions of dollars a year selling real estate. You could sell as much as you want.
1: What's going, going on, on everyone? Welcome, welcome back, back to a, a brand new episode of Look 7 Coaches and Mentors where we bring you some of the best in the industry and share with you some of the tips and strategies so that you can implement in your business right now. And with that being said, today's guest, we're going to share with you exactly what you need to be doing right now as the market is changing, there's a lot of uncertainties, and perhaps a lot of you are wondering what to even focus on. So with that being said, I want to welcome Aaron Novello. So welcome, Aaron.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here.
1: Yeah. So for everyone that's watching that maybe is not familiar with you, can you share with us a little bit about your background?
0: Yeah. So I've been in the real estate industry since 2006. My first calendar year, I made 13,000 bucks. Not something people would bring you on the coaches and mentors podcast to talk about. And it's because I had an inaccurate assessment of reality. You know i had a lot of people that were telling me things like wear my name tag at the grocery store and smile at people or sit in open houses and it wasn't until i got an accurate assessment of reality and real values what this game actually is which is a direct hardcore sales business and it allowed me to focus my energy once i got that accurate assessment in places that actually you know would pay off like role playing and practicing like prospecting and once i got that accurate assessment next calendar year I did 17 transactions, then 50, then 79 and 89 and hundred did a, over a hundred a year for 10 years in a row, did 200 deals a year, twice.
1: That's awesome. So obviously, you know, a lot of the agents that come to us that are probably watching this might be at a place where they are looking to transition from perhaps working with buyers. to Now they want to focus on listings or they want more consistent business, pretty much. Um, So for you, what was a turning point? Um, I know that you went from, you know, doing a very small amount in the beginning and then you kind of were able to figure out what you needed to focus on. So what would be some of the things that you would say to those agents?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is that the money's not in the service, it's in the selling of the service. So in other words, people expect good service, they expect you to understand how to read contracts, they expect you to how to negotiate. It's kind of like the way I describe it to people when you go to Whole Foods, like you don't jump up and down because they have groceries, you expect that, right. But the money's not there, the money is is learning how to sell the service. So if I'm giving a talk, and there's, you know, 500 agents in the room, I say, Hey, do I we all have the same kind of license that allows us to perform the same service the answer is yes the question is do we all make the same amount of money the answer is no and the question is why some of us know how to sell the service better than others so if i'm going to use my time which we get about twenty-seven thousand five hundred fifty days on planet earth that's the average that's about 75 years in the industrialized world women have a tendency a little bit more than men i'm 42 so i've used over half whatever's left i'm going to sleep through a third of it So that whole exercise is just to demonstrate there's not that much time. So if I'm going to spend some of my time, I want to make sure that I'm stacking it on top of an activity that compounds and is leveraged, right? And in our game, learning how to sell, learning how to have sales conversations, prospecting and taking someone that you don't know, and then you know, them deciding that they want to sit down with you and have a conversation, you pre qualify that handle objections, get a contract signed, that is a skill that is worth stacking your time on top of. So at the beginning of my career, I didn't know that once I got that accurate assessment, though, what I did is I spent uh, I, I played twice a day, six days a week, for three years in a row, because I recognize that there's no security in this business, there's only opportunities. So if I can get my skill set to such a degree, that if there is an opportunity, I'll be able to execute on it. Uh, I've just created security for myself and my family, yeah, so that's yeah. the first thing that I would say. And I, what I would propose is, is when a marketplace is great, it masks incompetency, mm-hmm. and I mean that lovingly. Like in a previous market, you could be a rum dum, show up in flip flops, and make a hundred grand that is no longer the case. Like you have to be very skilled. The last time we had 4 million transactions in the United States, which is what we're projected to have from 6 million was in 2009. And we only had 990,000 agents. We have like 1.6 million agents. So this is like the hunger games of real estate. (laughs) And when the tide goes out, you could see who's wearing pants or not. So for people that aren't skilled and don't know how to sell, it's a, it's a rude kind of harsh awakening. But if you want to ramp up that learning curve, I would propose, spending lots of time in role-playing and practicing to learn the actual conversation, so that way you can convert opportunities into contracts being signed.
1: Absolutely, and I feel that that is something that agents should be doing, whether it's now or two five years ago. Um, but for you specifically, what are you teaching your agents now that you weren't maybe covering so much two years ago?
0: Yeah, so it's dealing with a shortage of inventory. Because the truth is, it's 90%, hear me, 90% of everybody who owns a home right now and has a mortgage has a mortgage that's less than 6%. 60% have mortgages less less than 4%. So I'm aware, like people listening to this will shop on Amazon for three hours to save 20 bucks. And you get all mad because like somebody doesn't want to sell their home and trade a 4% rate for an 8% rate. It's like, of course they don't want to do that. So the only people that are going to actually do something right now are people that have to. So those would be life events like death, divorce, job relocation, moving to assisted living facilities, things of that nature. So what I'm laying out is a comprehensive intentional plan to actually deal with a shortage of inventory. You need to give me tactical information that I can use to actually deal with the marketplace, right? Because our ability to deal with reality is directly correlated with getting what we want, period. So here's how we're sharing with them to deal with reality um, the first is is having a niche of some sort because the riches are in the niches so for me in Florida we have the largest elderly population in the country 50 percent of our business was probate in estates it's market resistant 65 percent of those homes are free and clear and if they do want to sell very highly motivated now across the country, That is still the case. It may not be in as high a numbers as it is in Florida because we have a super large elderly population, but it is a wonderful source. Also divorce, right? Happens 50 something percent of the time. And often there's a home that needs to be sold. So picking a niche of some sort that you can learn and take the time to learn now that'll serve you in perpetuity. Cause what I'm aware of is those niches don't go away when the marketplace gets great. I mean, they're still there. We're suggesting volume because what we do does not change. How much of it we do and how we do it is what changes based on market dynamics. So in 2020, 2021, whatever, you could make seven contacts a day and make 100 grand. Yeah, now it probably needs to be three times that amount. So personally, as an agent, I would propose 20 to 30 per day, five to six days a week. That's six days, so- Saturdays, I did that religiously for my career. You add an extra 40 something days of prospecting, if you 50 days of prospecting, which is a whole month, right? um and you know if you have a great appointment you can go on it if not you just call it a day and do whatever you want but doing that 6 days a week and then if you want it to really ramp up volume uh you know having people make calls on your behalf whether those be VAs or telemarketers so now you're making 100 contacts a day so if you implement these things you have a niche that you can go directly to that is a life event right? You are getting people to raise their hand. You're making 20, 30 contacts a day. Plus, you got people calling. You are directly dealing with a shortage of inventory and you'll still be able to get your unfair share in this environment.
1: Awesome. Now, is there a brutally honest piece of advice that you would give perhaps newer agents or just agents regarding prospecting now?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just that like, look, there's a reason that 80%, there's an 80% attrition rate. So the, in the first year of getting a license, 80% of the people who get a license are doing something else within a year. And there's a reason because they don't understand what they're getting into, which is a direct hardcore sales business that requires you to prospect. And the thing that I want everybody to really recognize is your job as a salesperson is to be in the presence of prospects. Period. It is not to do paperwork. <laughs> it is not to, you know, answer calls. It's to be in the presence of prospects. And truthfully, I don't care how you're in the presence of prospects as long as you're doing it, right? So if for you, prospecting is pumping out loads of content so you can be in front of people all the time, great. If it's banging on the phone and prospecting six days a week and making 20, 30 contacts a day, great. My suggestion, do both. So that way you're increasing the probability that you're going to be in the prospects, presence of prospects long enough. The other thing I would say is that anybody can do this job like a day a week, Some people can do it two days a week. There is very few people that can do it five to six days a week. If you can, and you can turn yourself into the type of person that can do that, if you know how to sell, you will be disproportionately rewarded for your efforts. Like you can literally make millions of dollars a year selling real estate. You could sell as much as you want. So what I would suggest is that, you know, you might be saying to yourself like, hey, like why me? Why is this happening right now? Here's a really good question. Instead of it happening to you, why is it happening for you? So you wanna be a rock star salesperson? Great, I'm gonna give you a tough environment. And it'll force you to get faster, quicker, stronger. Because what I didn't mention in that intro is in 2007, my mom had a brain bleed and I shut down my business and moved marketplaces and started over from scratch. And then 2008 happened, which was an absolute collapse. Not what we're experiencing now. This is like a little blip. That was you know financial institutions going out of business. That was 40% of everything on the market was foreclosures. And prices were going down 30% a year, right? So what I'm aware of is I would prefer that not have happened to my mom. At the same time, you know what that forced me to be? Faster, quicker, stronger, stronger from a mental perspective, um, better at prospecting. Because I got thrown into an environment where everybody was running for the hills and telling me like, hey, this is like the worst time to be selling real estate. When in fact, I grew my business by 25% year over year and it laid the foundation for you know, doing thousands of transactions moving forward.
1: So for agents that are maybe looking to transition from being buyer's agents to now solely focus on listings, what would be some of the first steps for them to start to take?
0: Yeah, so one is they have to really like make a decision. So it means to kill off any other option, right? So they have to decide this is what I'm going to do. So to give an example, once I made that decision, I didn't even own an e-key for like 14 years. I couldn't even show property even if I wanted to. It wasn't even an option. I didn't even think about it as a way of making money. The only thing I focused on was prospect, lead, follow, go on appointments, negotiate deals. The only way I personally earned income was through listing property and selling. So you have to make a decision. Not like this, like, oh, I'm going to dabble with it because I kind of have to right now. It's like, no, no, this is like a, because it's going to require a lot. When you think about it, I mean, there's 20,000 agents in the multiple listing service and there's only 100 in my multiple listing service. There's only 100 that do over uh 20 million in volume that's it so you have like twenty thousand people competing for 100 jobs so it's if that's what's true it's like okay what would your schedule look like would you be a listing agent or work with buyers what would your you know kind of regiment be with how you take care of your body and like you know, what would your regiment be with what you're reading and how many books you're reading? Like, if I was to look at your library, would I say like, hey, you're a serious student of sales? Or would I be like, hey, you're a serious student of the Kardashians? <laughs> like, what yeah. are you focusing your time and energy on? So the first one is make a decision. The second is you have to ramp up the learning curve because the challenge is, is that with working with buyers, there's very little rejection. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna work with sellers, you're gonna to need to get a PhD in rejection. You're gonna get rejected. Like, I remember standing in front of a room of people. I was giving a talk. I'm like, yeah, I made se- I-, I talked to 7,000 people this year. I got 142 to say yes. And everybody looked at me like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, you're just not willing to hear no that many times. So you have to recognize that that's what's true, but you also have to ramp up the skill because at first you're gonna to have to make like, at first I had to make like 200 contacts to set one appointment. Mm-hmm. Where now I could be on the phone and in and, and you know make 12 contacts and set two appointments. So you have to ramp up the skill set, really practice. I would get into a role play group. We have one. I know other people have one, but I would get proximity to somebody who can uh, get you connected, get you the scripts. And then like you gotta start get it being in the presence of prospects. However that is, whether that's knocking on doors, calling people, start making those contacts. I would record what you sound like send it to somebody like a mentor or a teacher or somebody who can give you um, some feedback as far as what's going on and how you can improve. And then, you know, if you do that, if you if if, if you sincerely do that and you're making between 20, 30 contacts a day, you're going to set an, you don't have to be good. You just have to be there. Like you're going to set an appointment. Every squirrel gets a nut. You're going to bump into somebody and then you'll be off to the races.
1: And something that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago was you have role play and also the proximity to someone that has already done it or is doing it at a high level. So go ahead and tell us about your coaching or programs that you have to help agents in case anyone that's listening is interested in, in joining them.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things. We have uh, classes that are online in 23 countries and eight languages that teach people what to say and how to say it. So I recognize a lot of people would want to role play with me and I would say, well, I'm only one person. So how could I actually make myself available to more people? And that's where those courses came from. So whether it's for sale by owners expires, I did a hundred deals, 75 were expires one year. Um, You know, prequal, the actual listing presentation, handling objections, presenting offers. You get all seven of those in a bundle. That's a course online that you can watch whenever you want as frequently as you want. There's no limitations. We also have uh, a role play group that guarantees a role play partner five days a week. All they have to do is just show up. We handle all the scheduling for them. If they don't show up and they don't give us 24 hour notice three times, we kick them out. And if they pay us and they don't show up and give us 24 hour notes, we still kick them out. We don't give them their money back because the strength of the group is based on the consistency of its members. And what I've done is I've recreated the same environment for myself, which is where I role play twice a day, six days a week. So we have one in the morning at 730, which is for setting appointments. And we have one in the afternoon at 1130 just for the listing presentation because you can't get good at something you don't do all the time. You should not be practicing On potential listings because they're worth too much money 10, 15, 20, 25,000 bucks, right? And then we have a group coaching call that I lead uh, as well, uh, which is for an hour, uh, you know, once a week via Zoom where I'm, you know, I hop on and add value and, you know, share with people skills, mindset, you know, systems, things of that nature to help them to be as successful as they possibly can.
1: Awesome. So is there a website where people can go or how can they find you?
0: Yeah, aaronnovello.com.
1: Okay. There you go. So, Aaron, thank you so much for all of the information that you've dropped today. I know that a lot of the agents that are watching this will now be able to implement a lot of the tips and strategies that you mentioned. What would be the last tip that you would leave everyone watching just so that they can go out there and start doing?
0: Yeah. So I think really recognizing that this is like an enormous opportunity. So you might as well take full advantage of it.
1: There you go. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you once again. We're going to make sure to put all of your links in the description box below. So with that being said, thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you
0: on the next one. Awesome. Appreciate the opportunity. How to make six figures your first calendar year selling real estate. So this information is going to be good for new agents. It'll also be great for